Start your day with the Slumberland Furniture Studio. This is 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. It is 7.42. The Packers may be taking the weekend off, but Jason Wildy, our Packers guy, does not. His update brought to you by the Bayside Supper Club. Last night, hopefully got there for their famous chicken and rib combo or their 10-ounce prime rib, which is every Thursday, including their shrimp special. Uh, Fridays, all-you-can-eat chicken and fish seafood buffet from 4.30 till 9 tonight. Tomorrow, the prime rib shrimp seafood buffet from 5 till 8.30. Sunday brunch from 10 until 1.30. You can sit there the whole time with no Packer game. Uh, book your wedding, anniversary, company event, and Christmas parties. And also Columbus Family Dental. Nobody gives root canals and uh, puts crowns on like Dr. Adam Forrester as we bring in Jason Wildy. Good good morning, sir. All right, a few things. Okay. One, uh, was that Eddie Money leading in? Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> R.I.P. Eddie, but uh, an all-time great. Uh, secondly, I heard it's your 40th birthday today, Sherry. I wish it were my 40th. Well, you don't look a day over 39, so happy oh, birthday to you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Just ask Lenny. He'll tell you. Uh, and then <laughs> finally, and, and I, I, don't, I don't know if, he's, uh, if this is a new development, but I saw a post on social media from our guy Wade, who, I'll tell you what, uh, if, if, you have the oper- if you could convince Wade that you're his friend, like I have successfully done, uh, he, he has some pretty good posts on the old Facebook, and apparently... Did you guys do a remote recently where someone gave you, I hope they're candy cigarettes, <laughs> but I saw you with a, with a Marlboro or something sticking out of your mouth, and I thought, wow, that's interesting that you would actually, at this age, knowing the dangers of smoking, actually pick it up, which is interesting because a lot of people don't take that approach, but you're you're kind of at your rebellious um, midlife crisis, you're going to buy a Corvette next, start ignoring your kids. I, I, do I have to be worried about you? I got the mullet growing already, starting to grow up the backside right here. Got a tattoo. Uh, yeah. I, uh, mine was gum. Mine was bubble gum, and I was yeah. blowing the powder out. Well, those are slick. I still don't know, though. Like, uh, How are those still being manufactured? I have no idea. Mine was hard like, as a rock. <laughs> like, my parents hard. both were smokers. Uh and a lot of other things. But um, I, I remember getting candy cigarettes, and I just remember thinking, are we really trying to, like, recruit people to do this, start out with candy and work your way up to the Merit Ultralights? Like, cause that's what my parents smoked. Also, did, did you, growing up, did you have parents that smoked? I did not. My dad did before I was born and then quit, so I had to say technically no. Well, clearly your parents cared more about you guys than they cared, mine cared about me. But we used to, my mom's thing was she would put these little cups of vinegar around the house that was supposed to take in the cigarette stench, which I'm here to tell you didn't work. <laughs> but on top, So not only did the cigarette smell smell, but I don't know about you guys, I hate, like, it makes me gag the smell of vinegar. Now, I don't know if that's because of my youth, but, like, when Paula eats salt and vinegar chips, I have to leave the room. Oh, that Are bad. you anti-vinegar? I don't love vinegar. Yeah. I, I don't. The only time I had it in the house was when uh, a skunk fell in our window well and sprayed the entire basement. We had vinegar cups all over the house for like months. Did it work? Oh, my gosh. Now, actually... there's a story. Yeah. Wait, oh. if it if you had to have those out for months, then it wasn't working, right? <sighs> it eventually worked. That's a fair but... point. 
You know, but but no, we moved in and a skunk and a woodchuck got in a fight and the skunk ended up in our window well and couldn't get out and sprayed in our basement. We thought it was our we thought it was our furnace that that was a gas leak. The, the gas people came, went downstairs, ran out and said, "Get out of the house! We're calling the fire department." And then we found a skunk in the window well on the other side of the house. I'm still stuck on the a skunk and a woodchuck. Sounds like a bar, like a joke. A skunk, a woodchuck, and a, and a priest walk into a bar. Yeah. No, but that's a legit story when we moved here to Beaver Dam, and I thought I'd have to sell my house because we didn't think the smell was going to go away. That's funny. So, so yes. <laughs> like Jerry Seinfeld in that car with the B.O. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, there, there's a little B.O. on Monday night with the Packers offense. Uh, struggled a little bit in the loss to the Raiders, Jason. God, I hope someday I can be as professional of a radio announcer as you and segue so brilliantly like that. That was really top level. Yeah, it stunk, no doubt. Uh, and and the offense really stunk. And, you know, I think Jordan Love, who uh, got fans excited, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with getting excited, right? Like, I don't want to be the killjoy guy here, okay? So it's okay to get excited about what you see from Jordan Love and, and those first two games, even though he went 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter with a chance to go win the game with a field goal, um, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be excited. So I'm not telling you not to be. But I think we need to be realistic. And I really feel like what we saw on Monday night is the kind of stuff that first-year starters have happened to them. I went back and looked, and uh, I was working on a story comparing uh, – Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, and he, Aaron Rodgers' five-game numbers, not great either, Bob. Uh, better than Jordan's, but uh, not great. And so when we look at what Jordan Love has done the last three games, he's thrown six picks. Uh, his passer rating has plummeted from 118.7 to 77.3, and that's a large function of his completion percentage and his number of interceptions. Uh, this is what happens with young players. This is exactly the, the kind of stuff that they have to work through. And that's what Jordan's doing right now. On top of everything, he is surrounded by the most ridiculously inexperienced offensive group, potentially in the history of the National Football League. Again, in the Super Bowl era, at least, no team, from what I understand, and other smarter people than me have done the research, no team has ever had nine rookies or second-year players at the top of their combined tight end and wide receiver depth chart like the Packers do. Yeah. So if, you're, if, if, if you want Jordan Love to succeed, which I think everybody does, uh, it's not just him. It's about everybody else. And, oh, by the way, also, his two starting tackles, who I think are good young players that people should be hopeful and excited about, are also second-year players, Zach Tom and Rasheed Walker. And so this is, this is the cost of doing business when Goody decides that the way he wants to build his football team is as a team that is going to grow together on offense. You heard him say that on draft day, and now this is what growing looks like, and while coaches like LaFleur have to say things like, it's on me to figure it out, which it is, I don't think it's unreasonable for fans to, to kind of look at this team and say, okay, I get what they're trying to do. I know that there's going to be these types of games that really frustrate you as a fan. 
But man, there were, I cannot get over how many people are really mad at LaFleur and think he did a horrible job. And, and look, I'm not saying he did a good job. Uh, I don't, I don't think that. But think that he has, you know, he has no business coaching in the NFL because of the game plan he utilized uh, on Monday night. I just think that he is searching for where where is the line between simplifying this stuff so these inexperienced guys know what the hell they're doing and making it complicated enough and smart enough to make it difficult on the defense. And that's how he's spending his bye week trying to figure that out. So with, with Coach LaFleur, remember Sherm Lewis, the old offensive coordinator, was notorious. If you found him in a watering hole, he would kind of tell you what he really thought. If you got Matt LaFleur, if you kind of ran into Matt LaFleur, let's say in Green Lake, and uh, and he was sitting there having a cocktail, and you said, hey, Matt, what do you think about the roster here? What do you think he would really say, especially on the offensive side? Yeah, I you know I thought, actually, that's a really good question, Wade. Um, I, I think he would, if, if he had his Coors Light on the table, and I had my root beer, uh, I think he would acknowledge that he's really frustrated and really having a hard time trying to figure out just how to go about getting these guys in the best position. And that he's really pissed at Goody for not having more experience on the roster. Uh, we were talking to uh, so Homer, Hom- the Homer Hour, which is on every weekday, from 5 to 6 on ESPN Milwaukee, 94.5. And Beaver Dam. So he, has Bri- he has Brian Bulaga on uh, at, at least once a week. Uh, I'm on with him on Thursdays. And Brian was talking about this yesterday. And when he got there as a rookie in 2010, the starting right tackle, a guy you might be familiar with, was Mark Tauscher. And the starting left tackle, also a guy you might be familiar with, although he doesn't do the radio show, and then once... No showed us when we were at the horse and plow and Kohler for a show, uh, was Chad Clifton. And remember, both those guys were drafted in 2000 together, one in the second round, one in the seventh. And Brian was a first-round pick in 2010, so those two were both going into their 11th NFL seasons when Brian arrived. And Brian said that, yeah, he learned from his coaches, and yeah, there was value in everything that, you know, James Campen, the offensive line coach, taught him. But he said what he learned the most was from the guys that played the game and that were out there all the time. And then, obviously, Brian had to go and play when Tausch got hurt four or five games into the season. So my point is is that the Packers, I understand the, I understand the thinking behind it. I think it's solid logic of getting all these young, talented guys when you have some high draft picks all together and having them all grow together. The problem is you have no one. Not even Sammy Watkins, so I'm not advocating for, uh, who has experience in the league to help these guys grow and to give them that advice that Tausch and Cliffy would give a young Brian Bulaga. And oh, by the way, that then Brian Bulaga years later, along with TJ Lang and Josh Sitton, would give to guys like David Bakhtiari. Like that is the pay it forward mentality of the NFL. And I don't care how good your coaches are. I don't know how good of an offensive line coach Luke Butkus is, uh, but I know that Adam Stenovich seems to be a, a very good offensive line coach, and he's the offensive coordinator now. But you still, even if you have good coaches, you learn a hell of a lot from the guys that play your position. And they, they have constructed a roster where that is impossible because other than Josiah DeGuara, 
They have no one with any meaningful experience in either of those positions. So we'll just obviously expect growing pains. Um, the bye week. So the, Matt Lafleur said he's going to be looking at the different things that teams are doing over the you know over the bye week to try to figure out ways to kind of put guys mm-hmm. in positions to succeed. And uh, even if you can design the proper plays, which he pointed out in his press conference that that he's done, and the guys simply sometimes you know ran wrong routes or, or didn't anticipate something. I mean, you can do all you want, but the bottom line is, if they're young, right, you, you, you're going to expect that things are going to get screwed up. Yeah, and, and to your earlier question about uh, getting together uh, at the lake house and talking with beers on the table, I thought that was a moment of incredible honesty and transparency, um, and probably dangerously so, because if you wanted to interpret it this way, he did throw his guys under the bus. I mean, he did. I mean, he said we have, I mean, the other part of that quote, Wade was him saying that we have uh, plays dialed up against the premier defensive look, exactly what they're looking for, that it's designed for that look. And they're getting the, quote, bare minimum out in terms of yardage out of those plays when they should be big play opportunities. And so that, again, falls on execution. And to your point, you can call all the greatest plays in the world, but if if Luke Musgrave on third and three, which is exactly what happened in the game in Las Vegas on the opening drive, if you've got the right play call for a, a, a short, you know, six, eight, ten-yard completion to pick up the first down, and Luke Musgrave runs the wrong route, and if he runs the right route, he's wide open, and the drive continues, and instead he runs the wrong route, Love's got to find an alternative throw, overthrows Jaden Reed, and they punt, uh, it doesn't matter that you had the right play call on. It doesn't matter that it should work. It didn't. And that's the life of a coach who has this young of a group. And you hope that with 12 games left after the bye, that the lessons that come from those types of mistakes, I mean, Wade, you watch the games. I know you got to get up early for the show. But, like, how many times in the four-plus years, he's at five games into season five, have you seen Matt LaFleur, and, and I don't even think this is harsh. I've seen coaches do way, way worse. But how many times have you seen him chew a guy out like he chewed out uh, Musgrave as he came to the sideline? Like, that never happens. That is not what he does. And so the fact that he did, I think, shows some measure of the incredible frustration that he's experiencing. Yeah, you know, it was, it was remember Holmgren and Billy Schrader grabbing the old uh, face mask back in the day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, do you think maybe it's you need to do a little bit? you need a little butt kicking to maybe uh, lock in the focus a little bit or, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this, and, and you know, I, I don't know, I know you've done your share of coaching over the years, yeah. and so have I, and none of it's been in the NFL, so this is not apples to apples. But I think you got to be who you are, mm-hmm. whether you're a school teacher or a radio host or a coach or whatever else. And if Matt LaFleur is not the, you know, Woody Hayes, Bear Bryant, scream and yell at guys and demean them and embarrass them guy, then I don't, he, he shouldn't be that guy. Like, be who you are. And I think that's what he does. And look, he, I, I don't think he's suddenly become an idiot. Now, I think it's possible that, I think it's likely, in fact, that the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, much like the start against the Bears, maybe made us think a little more highly 
about the acumen of the head coach as a young first-time head coach than he probably deserves, right? Having a great player certainly makes you look smarter. Yeah. Uh, now, this is the challenging time for him. You know, he has got to figure this out. That is why he got that extension. That's why he's made a lot of money. That's why he's able to afford that lake house where you and him are having these beers. <laughs> the bottom line is he's got to figure it out. It's his job. And we'll see exactly how he goes about that. But, yeah, it's right now uh, they've, got, they've got a lot to figure out. And they did not do themselves any favors. It was great for them to win that first game. And Goody to be waiting at the door of the locker room at Soldier Field, high-fiving everybody and everything and hugging everybody and everything like that. Uh, but that that game did make people think they were going to be better than what they have been of late, and now they're dealing with that. All right, one thing before we let you go, Jason, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, you know, he, after that tweak, his hamstring that he wouldn't call a pull in week one didn't seem to be a concern. A yeah, a bite. It was a bite. Now we're sitting here going into the bye week, and we've barely seen him. I mean, what do we know about this thing, and, and what's kept him off for so long? It turned out to be a shark bite, yes. apparently. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think hamstrings are tricky. They are certainly uh, very cautious because they don't want uh, you to think you're better, and then you go to your highest gear, and you pop it even worse, and now you're out a month or six weeks. Um, so they have been cautious. They brought him back for that Lions game, and then last Saturday, uh, as they were getting ready for Monday Night Football, he felt something, and, and that was an issue. And obviously that was a frustration for Lafleur. but that's how – I'm glad you bring him up. That's how narrow the difference is, right? I think they win in Atlanta, and they win in Las Vegas if he's on the field, and then they're 4-1, and one, and now we're really talking Super Bowl, baby. about how good they are. Yeah. Right, exactly, so – I don't know from a from an expectation standpoint, maybe his hamstring has been a blessing in disguise, but it certainly has not been good for their offense. He is he's their one veteran proven commodity that could tilt the field in your direction. Christian Watson hasn't proven that consistently. Romo, Romeo Dobbs hasn't, and you haven't had him, and that's obviously been a problem. Well, Jason, I appreciate you coming on, even though it's the bye week, and know you're on vacation from Wildey and Tausch. Uh, gonna enjoy your Sunday. What are you gonna be doing on Sunday with no football? I think there's uh, well, there's a there's a nutcracker practice, of course. Oh. Uh, but there was some talk of a pumpkin patch, which would be nice. I will mm. I will just add this. Uh, I, I I did give you a homework assignment last Friday. Have you have you talked to Fox Brothers Piggly Wiggly about the about the fruit pizzas in the deli? Sherry's on that. Sherry. They're working on it. Brian said he's Sherry's only on running it. the station, but yeah, you should really delegate that to her. That's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to get some more pineapple for you, Jason, and then they'll have it. I don't even think they use pineapple. No, no there's kiwis, not pineapple on there. raspberries, blueberries. Grapes. Right. Well, I, think I, I know grapes. that you guys are going to be on that, uh, and I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Later. Thank you. Jason Wilde, our Packers guy, brought to you by uh, Columbus Family Dental and the Bayside Supper Club, Sherry Sackett. And, uh, and he's like me. Like he, was doing, he was doing reports. Uh, for like the Homer show and such, uh, yeah, I'm in the car. He goes, I'm in the car at soccer practice, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, he, all he's doing is try being Uber driver as well. Mm-hmm. So appreciate him making some time on his day off. You know, he got up early to talk to us, even yes, though that was nice of him. He's uh, he's here, so we appreciate the Bayside Supper Club and Columbus Family Dental for making this happen as well. If a new smile is waiting.